Yo, it's a stupidly small podcast for Monday, February 9. I'm Stuart Farrell. Hello, Lauren Clark. Hello, Stuart Farrell. Oh, it's good to be alive, except for one thing. Oh, yeah. When you realise that the corporate world oh, yeah. has, uh, has changed something that maybe you thought would be with you forever. And oh, Stu. <laughs> I know, I know. What, what are we talking about? The working day, the structure of the week? I know, that's all uh, ingrained. We parental have leave. We are programmed. All right. We might get leave eventually. But no pens. Now, I handed you five <laughs> pens and I said, here you go, Loz. Byros, yeah. Uh, pens, yep. Uh, he's, he have these kilometric well, are, are you anti-pen apartheid, are you? Oh, no, I don't have a stance, actually. I shouldn't pretend to have a okay. stance. Yeah. I said, have the kilometrico is probably the, the great, is the king of the disposable biro. You did say kilometrico at me and I did not know what you meant. Disposable biro? Is that right? Uh, well, I suppose. Or is a biro just disposable well, yeah, by biro? Yeah, it kind of, kind of is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, and, I, and then you said, what's a kilometrico? And I said, this is a kilometrico. Have a look at the kilometrico. And then I looked down and on the side it says paper mate. Yeah. So they've they've killed, I think they have killed the kilometrico people. I'm not sure if anyone can actually so you think confirm that... or deny, but they are the king of the biro, which okay. is a dubious title to have. It's sort of like being <laughs> Sir... Uh, Philip, really, isn't it? Has as, <laughs> as much as much sway. But speaking of politics, the Sir Philip thing really did uh, here isn't in Australia. Amazing. Set the cat amongst the pigeons. Welcome, first-time listeners. Mm. Um, we we do have Australian politics is it's amazing what it takes to turn. You know, we've got we're locking people up uh, because they've come across the seas. For, you know, seeking asylum. We're locking them away. Mm. Didn't matter. Where? Uh, what else are we doing? You know, a oh, bunch of other things. We were going to. Well, I mean, yeah, it like, didn't. We're going to pay young people. Well, actually, not going to give young people the doll for six months. Six months. That wasn't too popular. Yeah. Work choices are sort of rumbling around again, which is. is that uh, you know employers and employees are all best mates. So why do we need a contract? <laughs> yeah. and, which is great. That's it a really great is, Aussie. Isn't it? We have the Aussie contract. Just because we're egalitarian mm. and laid back. Laid yeah. back. Knockabouts. That's it. Knockabouts. <laughs> Larrikins. Owned by global companies. It's funny you mm. should mention the um, the refugees because yeah. there was an article on the weekend um, mm. saying how it's fine for uh, corporations to be um, global citizens and to have no boundaries. But when the poorest and oh, the yeah. you know good point the you know poorest humans yeah. try and do the same and yeah. just move move their stuff into another part of the world for a hope of better conditions, they are labelled criminals or they they're you know locked up for trying. It's interesting. I've been hearing a few things on a few different issues lately that have made me think uh, something that somebody put into words, and I can't remember who it was, but it is that. We And it's sort of to do with, um, you know, the herd mentality argument in vaccinations, which is becoming a big issue in the United States. And There's a lot of pushback. That, less though, so here. But, yes, there is a lot of pushback. But the idea that um, you, you know, why should I, et cetera, because it's my right, mm. versus I, owe, I have a responsibility to society. Mm. And that um, you, you can argue that, regardless of what you think of the arguments, in relation to asylum seekers, there is no uh, – Australians. Uh, the Australian attitude doesn't go, oh, hang on, we owe it as global citizens to behave like this and that this is increasingly becoming how politics is argued. It's argued on a rights basis as opposed to on a kind of society we all – we've all got to share this bit – 
how are we going to figure it out kind mm. of a basis. Yeah, makes a lot. Yeah, well, it's, uh, do you think that comes from the changing face of, I mean, at a very, this is a very simple theory on what you just said. Mm. Um, but do you Finding think that it, hard to believe. No, look I on know. your face. I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> now, from the way that, say, business and, uh, and employ, employment has been structured yeah. and companies have been structured. Yeah. Uh, whereas once upon a time, business was smaller, it was for the community, it was for society, whereas now it is for an unknown shareholder. Well, it's mm. interesting. You know, the... the, the, the um, <laughs> what did you just say? No, no. That, this is reminding me of something. Remember the... The day I discovered <laughs> from reading um, a, a really interesting book about shopping malls, and I know a lot of people know this, but it's just, I just remember going, oh, and something became clear to me. And it was something along the lines of what mm. you just said, which is that shopping malls were set up by Gruen's, what's his name, Gruen, who's the guy that... Started the TV show on the ABC. <laughs> it's the guy that invented the shopping mall. Now, he was a socialist. Right. And his whole idea was we need a big space where everybody no matter of, you know, what colour, race, creed, how much money you got in your bank account, can go and there is um, art there and there is mm. uh, culture there and there is a, a big public space where people can play and they can they can buy a coffee and they can – and there was this – that was a really socialist idea and it is turned into the capitalist metaphor, well, you, you know. He didn't consider who was going to actually own the stores within it or own the – the centre. Well, I suppose. Well, I suppose he suspected. He thought well, it was like going to be differently structured. Just thought everyone would just do it for the right reasons. Well, yeah, I think mm. so. And I think what you're saying is, you know, that the way those structures are set up has just meant that on top of it, capitalism goes a chink. You know, mm. like kind of comes in like a kind of Lego joining up with the other bits. Can I just ask you a question uh, apropos to nothing else? Yes. Why have you got a little miss mug? Holding your decaf when I thought you were very opposed to uh, said things. Have I, have I opened up a cat? It's of, a Christmas uh, present. Nine tails. It's a Christmas present. Right. Uh, and it's a really good cup. <laughs> oh, sorry to the person who gave it to you out there, dear listener. No, oh. it's uh, look. I don't know. I have a. Uh, you know the the Mister Men books. Yeah. Roger Hargrave. They're actually I've got the Mister Cool book. Have you? Of course you mm-hmm, do. Yeah, of yeah. course you do. And the Mr. Cool Mark. You wrote it, didn't you? The Mr. Cool well, it was based on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, I consider it almost a bit of biography. But yeah. Hey, mm. speaking of which, who's mm. today's sponsor? Oh, how, how, look, we have lovely businesses that uh, do come and support us. Thank you last week to the Raccoon Club. Yes. Down there in Plenty Road, Preston. Got plenty of love from our listeners. And it, it seems as though a lot of our Melbourne based listeners do actually go there. So that was nice. Uh, and so we hope some of our Melbourne-based listeners go to this week's business. Because <laughs> we uh, this do. is total. Uh, th- this is conflict of interest city. Excellent. I mean, we. Uh, I don't think. I don't think there can be a bigger conflict than the current one we're about to uh, try on you. Not even the one in the Liberal Party that's going to come out today. No, we never even got to the spill, did we? Who do you want to win? Oh, hang on. Do you want the spill motion to succeed? I want uh, the. I, I want Tony Abbott to limp to the election, basically. Like Same. I would, I'd, I'd rather see him like, like, a, like a smashed up car in a, in a demolition derby. Yeah. Like smoke coming out the back, the wheels are <laughs> sending off sparks. The, it's already you know, pretty much doing you're that, You're looking through it? a hole in the windscreen to get to the electoral <laughs> day, you know, the election day. 
Uh, there are guns going up in the background, the, the, sirens. The, the, yeah, smoke, <laughs> sirens, everything. Yeah. That, I want that to be Tony Abbott arriving uh, on, elec- on election day <laughs> to his, you know, bloody eastern suburbs polling booth. And, and uh, as for the other side of politics, well, there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. Well, Why? Can't, the, can't we get rid of all these that's spills the other, that's that the other keep problem. There's no one really else to – we're barracking against everyone. Yeah, There's no one it. to barrack for. That's it. You know, except you know, for you, know, you get a Scott Ludlam or someone that speaks a bit of sense. Yeah. Um, did which, you see you, the you know. Did you see the board game that First Dog on the Moon did this week? I don't think it's I funny. Did. I'll, I'll try and link remember to link there. it. Uh, hey, who's our sponsor? Oh, the Workers Kitchen. <gasps> I know, I know. Down there in Brunswick Street, the corner of Brunswick and Gertrude, based within the Workers Club Hotel, is a new business. Yeah. Now it's really weird because we we've got this new sponsor on board, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, con- conflict of interest. They, yeah. We might even put the conflict of interest burger on the menu pretty soon after this. Excellent. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Please. <laughs> but um, you say we. Well, it's my business. Stuart so we Farrell. and the and my uh, underpaid monkeys yeah. will come up with <laughs> a conflict of interest burger. I don't believe in work choices. By the way, <laughs> now that I'm a small business owner, I'm. I'm and I really think, I mean, it's a 24-7 economy now, okay. isn't it? So let's abolish no. penalty rates. Yeah. So I'm going to use this platform I have here. Do you love it when your workers all hate you and want to kill you? Cause well, that's, I mean, that's just the natural order, isn't it? <laughs> I'm the boss. They're the monkeys. So yes. you're opening it is, and, and a this, kitchen. This, this now, what's strange you, about it. I yeah. don't actually want anyone to come down this week. No, I know. So <laughs> I, it's an awareness campaign and we're open. But if you come down, I'm not going to smile over the counter. Come down next week. Yeah, because this week, because well, you literally haven't had a night in there yet. Have you know you? how we just described Tony Abbott's car? That'll yeah. be like the first hamburger coming out of the uh, kitchen. It, <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be. This is a, the classic baptism of fire. When if you, I don't put my hand in hot oil <laughs> from stress accidentally, think, like after oh dropping god. some tongs in there, I'll go hey. Oh god! So actually, that reminds me. I should get the uh, the public liability sorted today. Get a cover <laughs> note because. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is such a there is a million things to do when uh, one one opens an enterprise like this. And you've never done anything like this. This is your big, this is your big new project. I don't like it being described like that though, because it makes me sound like a, an idiot. But Does it? I yeah. think it makes you sound like an this entrepreneur, big, stupid, buddy. Stupidly big is my big new project. Yeah, we're only so new. It's not funny here. It's stupidly big. No, we're, that's true. We're only about three months old. Yeah, so you forget that, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you do forget that. Yeah. We feel like <laughs> well, this is new. Yeah, <laughs> but workers' so, club kitchen. I'll let you know about it. Not, we won't speak about it too much. When today. does it open? Technically today, right? But it's like but two half the kitchen is in your car outside. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's all right to keep fish in the boot, isn't it? <laughs> Anyway, stand there at 51 Brunswick Street, Fitzroy. Corner of Gertrude some... and Brunswick. Right. It's, we'll where we had our, it's where we had our uh, stupidly small launch party. It is. At, it is. Uh, it's uh, amazing. And uh, it's very exciting. And I, for one, wish you all the best, Stuart Farrell. You've got to tell us all about it this week. Okay? Well, I've got the whole week and I'm paying for it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, don't, you are. Don't think I'm getting off scot-free with Lauren Clark in the building. No, of course not. Now, Stu, this is all very well, but mm. Kaz Cook is in the building. I so don't care we... about anything else. This does not keep her waiting. No, I know. She gets very cross. Here she is. Stupid. Welcome, everybody, to one of our favourite segments. This is called Do Drop In, and it is, of course, the wonderful Kaz Cook. Kaz, I can barely see you over the cup of Earl Grey tea that you Mm. are 
sipping from over there. How are you? I'm well, an excellent cup of tea. It's just how I like my Earl Grey with milk and one sugar, like a nana. And uh, I dis- totally disagree with the milk thing there, Kaz, but I do... Nobody cares. I no, do nobody agree. does nobody care. Do. I agree, though, with the chop royals that you brought in because uh, I love ripping the top off, I know. eating that marshmallow, then getting into the biscuit oh, base. Oh, you ripped the top. See, I, oh. like, I like the... That was me cracking oh. a chocolate royal on my forehead. Yeah, you do. I've seen you do that at public events you and so on. You not. I always make sure nobody's looking. <laughs> now, apart from having a cup of tea and a, and a, and a biscuit every time mm. we catch up with you, we do uh, rather enjoy fossicking through the, uh, the historical kind of vaults at the State Library where you've got yourself an exhibition at the moment called what have you come as, mm. uh, which is on the fifth floor up there. There is a tone to that, isn't there? Yes. What, what have you come as? Yeah. It's a challenge, isn't it? It's not a polite, no. you know, ask. No. It reminds me of when uh, my daughter turned 10 and I took her for a, an exciting uh, uh, holiday trip. We, we were in a hotel and she picked up the compendium and she said, oh, that is so rude. Look at the front of that. And I said, what? And she said, it says, for your information. <laughs> So, t- tone is important, isn't it? Can I just say, what do you come at? What are, that's a put down for poorly dressed, isn't it? Or like dressed strangely? Yeah, or right. you know, it, I mean, it could, you could be in in the hallway at a fancy dress mm. party, and someone's you know turned up, you know, in a lounge suit, and you'd take issue. You'd say, "What have you come at?" Yeah, that's oh. it. Very nice. Mm. I see. I've got a different interpretation of it, but I think everyone's allowed to have their interpretation. Sure? We're just not interested in yours. That's <laughs> Because I goes. do so like it when you um, come in. What are you talking? <laughs> what are you talking to us about today? Well, uh, in the vaults of the State Library of Victoria, there is a tiny, tiny thing uh, which I stop giving each other punches in the arm. Mm. The pair of you, yeah, a tiny, <laughs> tiny thing uh, made of very chamfered. Is that is oh, that the word? Like a very beautifully worked wood. It's a tiny little thing about the size of a cigar, really, and inside are tiny amber seals. So I don't mean the sort of... The animal. No, I don't mean the bewhiskered marine creature, Mm. Lauren. (laughs) I mean, in the olden days, you'd write a letter to someone, none of your ridiculous email texting nonsense of young folk, you'd Mm -hmm. write a letter with your fountain pen, your quill, you would seal it up by using an actual seal. Uh, which you drop some wax to clo- to sort of fasten the edges of the of the envelope, and then you'd press a design or perhaps your monogram, your initials, into the back of the letter. And it was part of going. This is a very posh letter. You'll need to read it now because I'm quite important. <laughs> but I think it was also a way of actually sealing your letters, uh, making sure that no one else had read them. So if it was a love letter or you know a business thing or. It had some sort of element. Much more romantic than a firewall or whatever stops you reading your email. (laughs) So did every letter have a seal, do we know, or was it just posh people? Well, I suppose, you know, at one stage the the people who could read, who were literate, were also more likely to be have enough money to have stationery and little seal sets. And the the person that this particular little box of seals came from, she she carved them herself out of amber, this woman, Georgiana McRae. I mean, she was. She has some. Uh, there are some other beautiful things of hers in the in the library collection. There's little shark skin um, 
painting uh, sets because she was a miniature painter. So she would go out and, you know, do little watercolours or or um, instead of having a photographer come to your house or or later, you know, you had a, your phone in your camera in your phone, she would actually paint a tiny picture of one of your relatives and you could you could pop it, you know, on your piano. So, so they were sort of pretty middle class people. But the library has this incredible collection and that's part of what I've been looking at. That there's the manuscripts collection, um, that, you know, there are valentines, there are diaries. That, there's a beautiful diary written by a guy um, called Alexander Goodall and he was a young man who lived in Geelong and he kept this beautifully illustrated cartoon and word diary of where he'd been. So he's got pictures of him on a carriage, you know, horse-drawn carriage and swimming in Carayo Bay and, and, and of the people that he went to see. And, he, you know, he'd say I had a boring night and he'd, he'd draw these people in top hats, you know, boring him with their songs. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just this fantastic collection of paper and pe just ordinary stuff and important stuff. And you just think, well, what are we going to be leaving behind? You know, where are you? I don't know. Where are you? Yeah. <laughs> a collection of texts saying, I'm, I'm, on on the, I'm on the 86. <laughs> it is sad, isn't it? What, is there, though, something when you're, when you're reading something like that, is there something, are there, is there ever a moment where you go, this person definitely didn't mean this to be read by me now you know this is definitely an intimate thing that was written down at the time <laughs> yeah there's that there's you know? also um people were really um sort of meticulous about budgeting so they'd write down it was two that you know two shillings for a theater ticket so that, that was maybe private and useful to them but it can be even more useful to us to go well that's how much it costs to do things or that's how people were that's how much he had that's how much he earned um, but the, stuff, the one thing really drove me crazy was reading this letter from an old Cobb and Co driver. I thought, fantastic, this coachman, he's, he's, you know, he's outside the coach in all weathers, you know, he's, he's driven his coach through, you know, floods and he's, he's whipping his horses and he's, he's driving around the country. The, the, you know, there'll be great stories of people stepping on and, you know, hiding their parcels under their skirts so they don't have to pay for them. And, you know, maybe there's a bush ranger story. It was the most <laughs> boring. <laughs> he was writing with an eye for he because he wanted to be considered literate and sophisticated. So he was writing very straight stuff about how many miles it took to get somewhere and, and that was a real shame. It's actually the unguarded stuff, as you say, that mm. people don't think is going to be read, um, which has, has the most delicious secrets and the, the, the best feelings well, you, you've mentioned, uh, just quickly, you've mentioned Georgia, Georgina, Georgiana McRae Georgiana yeah, McRae sorry, a couple I have of to, times. Yeah. Why is she, why have we got her stuff? Is it because she was such a brilliant artist or is it because her stuff was kept or do we know? It's because smart families keep these collections together and very often the at the end of the line it's sort of like this inverted um, pyramid where there's all these relatives in the past and they pass all their you know medals and their papers and everything on and it comes down to maybe one person who's got it all in a garage and eventually you know we hope fingers crossed if it's a great collection they'll donate it to the to the library I mean some of the stuff that's been donated is amazing the other day I was looking at these canvas boots that are stuffed with bits of grass that were worn by a guy in the early 1920s who was stuck in Antarctica for nearly two years and these were the boots that he wore that were cut that he would um, oil with um, seal oil 
um, to make them as waterproof as he could because he was stuck there living under a rowboat with a few bits of canvas and ha- people had to go down and rescue him and he'd just go, he had them on his feet with bits of grass in them, you know, just as insulation. And, and he left his collection of Antarctic, um, you know, stuff and he's, he's got his balaclava and his long johns and, you know, so that's going to make a great exhibition one day. I was going to ask, can anybody go and see things like that? Yeah, you can request to see any book or anything. I mean, sometimes they'll say, look, we've got a, a digital picture of that. Can we show you that? Because right. we don't want to get – we don't want to send that parcel back from Ballarat but uh, where they've got all these big store warehouses. But because I've been doing this creative fellowship, it's been great. I'll say, oh, can I – can I have a look at that? And they go, oh, all right. Kaz, we love it when you come and tell us stories while we have cups of tea and biggies. <laughs> uh, hopefully we could do it again soon. Yeah. Thank- Earl Grey again, please. Earl Grey Thank again. You. Touch of milk and some sugar. Mm. We know how you take it now. Thank you so much, Kaz Cook. You can go and see Kaz's exhibition on the fifth floor of the State Library. What have you come as? Stupid. Hey, uh Thank you, Kaz Cook. But uh, have you noticed that she's increasingly getting more abusive towards me? <laughs> that's all right. That means uh, she's becoming more comfortable with this as well. So that's I'll, true. I'll take that. She'll be back really soon. Excellent. We should get out of here. Yes. We'll thank the sponsor in a minute. We, are we going to do what's in our final feedback? We're going to do – what do you mean? Oh, oh, no, Feedback Friday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, no, we're going to do what's in your phone, but I'm not allowed to sing it, even though over the weekend there that's was, I, I would feedback. say, mm. an absolute – Wave avalanche. avalanche I'll, give of you, I'll give you a tsunami. The tsunami of support for my for my extraordinary abilities as a segment singer. Oh, look, it's never been in doubt. It's just that uh, it just wasn't happening anymore. No, because you and your mate decided you it know, wasn't. My dear uh, uh, housemate told me off and said I was being nasty to you. Good. I, that's. I why. think people should listen to the show a bit, cl- a bit clearer and just see how that episode panned out. Anyway, what is yes. in my phone? And I'll, can, can I'll, I quickly say oh, that before yes. you start that? We've been getting some extraordinary uh, bits of what's in people's phones. People hmm. have been sending us the notes from their phones and people are really, I don't know what any of it means, but it's wonderful and hmm. it's, an, it's an indication that people do do this. So please send us. Just a screen cap of what's in your phone. Uh, I think we might bring them out on Friday for Friday mailbag. You know what you're asking has what? the potential to become very dangerous. Why? Oh, send us a screen cap of what's in your phone. Uh, no, I don't mean anything. But do you know what else you I mean? You never know what people. Say. I have links in my phone to articles that are really interesting. People, I bet you, have got that. Hmm. Send us some and right. tell us what's good. Tell uh, us what you know you've got. Anyway, what have you got in your phone over there? Uh, well, actually, it's sad news. Oh, Sparks. Uh, yeah. Last night I was watching The Idiot Box. I was just, what do you call it? Unwinding, deflating, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, opening the dishwasher. Sounds a bit well, like deflating. <laughs> I don't want to say that. Yeah. Anyway, and there was a thing that came on to Channel 9. What was I watching? I wasn't even watching Channel 9. Actually, sure, I was watching sure Jim, went. which is a Channel 9 offshoot. The, uh, the birdcage yeah. was on the classic... Robin Williams uh, movie where he's the nightclub owner yeah. in Florida and all the rest of the remake. That's right, yeah. And um, for some reason I got caught watching that. It's actually not too bad a film. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it's, I mean, you could judge it on a few different things. <laughs> do a bit of a socio-political well, you, analysis yeah, you of could it do and that, you might get yourself in trouble, yeah. That's correct. But I'm saying if you didn't think about it too hard. Okay. Right. Yeah. Anyway, ad comes on. That was me justifying why I'm watching Channel 9. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah I really ad comes on. Believed it. Yep. And it says Gallipoli. There's, oh. a, there's a remake of Gallipoli coming out. Oh, oh a remake. Yeah. There's a thing about Gallipoli. <laughs> <laughs> They're redoing the war, people. <laughs> and um, 
It's just, it's the it starts till tonight, I think. When does it start? Ta da na night. And it it says it's the television event of the year. Oh. Gallipoli. So what do we do now? <laughs> that is very sad news. It's sad for Channel Nine. What they're just gonna be showing yeah. crap for the rest of the year. Poor Channel 9. Do we bother watching TV Gee, they've anymore? Early. It's the, oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's the start of February two fifteen. Oh, the television of the year. Yeah. So um So are they just gonna have a, a book? Yeah, they're just going to have those, uh, those, you know, the what used to happen when your TV died back in the old days? Uh, just test colours, pattern. test pattern. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, they might just as well. That. They should stop spending money or making effort. Yeah, but that's Channel Nine's opinion. I suppose every other channel's got their own opinion of what the event of the year is going to be. And we're going to be regal- see what they are. Yeah, well, I'm sure the Master Chef, not Master Chef. Well, that will and My Kitchen Rules, which has uh, come back. Um, Gee, television's a a, a (laughs) thriving industry, isn't it? Anyway, thanks to our sponsor. Yeah, Yeah, that was what was in my phone, by the way. So, uh, Mm -hmm. mm. or if only somebody can sing. If only push it back in there. Keep that. I pushed it. I repressed it. Keep that happiness and creativity inside you. That little bubble of just joy just Mm -hmm. came up, and I just pushed it back down. Good, good. We'll get you some uh, anti-inflammatories for that. What do you you call them? Decongestants. I don't know. Some tums. Thank you Tums. to our fantastic sponsors. Very, very uh, uh, <coughs> exciting sponsors. It is so exciting, Stu Farrell. You know what? I can't feel the excitement. At this stage, I know, all it, I'm feeling like is... Is it nausea? It's probably a bit of that. It's more distress. Yeah. Um, you just want... It's, it's, one of, it's at the time where you just want time to have passed. What, what I want now is I love, I love a week off. I love to be ready. Yeah. Soak in a week. Yeah. And then hit the ground running. Yeah. Not going to happen. I'm, uh, this uh, is baptism of fire. This is baptism of fire. It's Sitting the old-fashioned way. But coming in and sitting with you for a while, sitting with Kaz there for a bit, even though I got abused, <laughs> is fantastic. <laughs> and uh, it is take my mind off it until this thank you. So see you in a couple of weeks, people down there. Uh, yeah, no, next week we're allowed to come in, aren't we? Next week. Okay. Sure. And don't forget, yep. iTunes. Head to iTunes, look for the podcast, generally yeah. small. Leave a rating and a comment. It can be good or bad. We prefer good. Yeah. And it really helps us along down there. And uh, it's weird the way the podcast works. But you have been doing it. And if you continue to do it, uh, if you haven't, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> Find us online. We'll be back tomorrow morning anyway. We so will. Good on you, Loz. Good on you, Sparks. Bye-bye.